This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And welcome, good morning to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino with you in studio today with Bob and Adam as we all sit around the round table. Now, if you tuned in this morning to TSN 2 to watch Golf Talk Canada, radio to TV, well, I'm sorry, we're having some technical difficulties. Adam, you, they're working on it? Is that... Uh... They're, they're working on it. I've been told maybe quite soon, maybe in the next segment... Maybe. Fingers Finger. crossed. Okay. We'll be able to see the three of us all around here, socially distanced at the main set. Right now, uh, it's a uh, top 10 crazy golf moments. Yes. The top 10 Zucchino rants from yeah, season seven. Well, that's that's uh, a good idea for a best That's a mini series. That is. <laughs> it's a trilogy, yeah. Gentlemen, how are you guys? Everybody have a fun weekend. Bob, what was the. Uh, what's your. Initial reaction to what transpired at the Open Championship. What what were your immediate thoughts? Uh, the immediate thoughts are how impressive Colin Morikawa's putting was, unexpectedly. Uh, the second thought would be how great the two Canadians played, and uh, I think those two stories for me were 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 paramount. It was a it was a fun it was a fun tournament to watch. I was hoping for a little more weather, but fun tournament to watch. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to me. I'm like four days. When was when, if ever, have we sat at home watching the Open Championship, and what we saw on TV for four days was better than what we were getting in Southern Ontario in July? Like, what, Bizarre, what yeah. The conditions were so benign, and, and that's for me where, yeah, you you turn into the Open Championship hoping to see rain suits, and you know we saw at Royal Portrush two years ago, one day was there was no, it was like playing in a dome that Saturday. Then this then the Sunday it was as Justin Thomas put it, carnage. Like, we wanted to see that. We wanted to see, you know, the umbrellas flying off. You know, like, at Royal St. George's in 2011, Darren Clark won at five under par by three shots. Right. And Curtis won at one under par yeah. in 2003. Yeah. Remember that one? It yeah. was it was He went out early, warm. too. Yeah. It was sunny and warm, but it was windy. Yeah. And, it was and, he, really windy. and he went out ahead of some of the, the hard winds, posted the number, and then they all collapsed behind him, right? Which we've seen in opens in the past, right? If there's, other, mm-hmm. if there's ever luck of the draw, so to speak, in any major more than any... Any other golfer, it's got to be the Open Championship, right? If you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes, right? <laughs> so, speaking of weather, before we get into today's show, we're you know we're going to hear from Colin Morikawa. Heavy, heavy Open Championship content, obviously, for this uh, week's Golf Talk Canada. Uh, we are going to look forward a little bit. We've got an LPGA major coming this week. Bob, I can't believe the LPGA schedule that we were chatting about. <laughs> yeah, about. That, that's insane. We can jump into that a little bit as well. But we will talk a ton of Open, but... Uh, we had a Golf Talk Canada Day up at Muskoka Bay on Thursday, which is tremendous. Now, you gentlemen couldn't be there because all three of us couldn't take Thursday of the Open Championship off. <laughs> you, Bob and Adam both work in Sports Center. Of course, we were supposed to have that day in May. That's right. But we were all going to be there. Uh, and uh, when, when Dougie decided that it was uh, not safe to stand in a field, uh, open field with a golf club, we had to move our event. And unfortunately, the only day that was available was it landed on Thursday. Now, first of all, i got to thank so much the people in Muskoka Bay. Like, they were tremendous. Considering the weather that came through the area, I mean, what they were able to, to pull off at Muskoka Bay, tremendous. All of our sponsors that showed up and, and had a great day and a great time, thank you for, like, uh, 
dealing with the weather. The golf course, I see an Adam here off off mic. I mean, the, the greens were at 12 on the stint meter, and they were soaked from the torrential rain. I mean, if it was... If it was sunny and dry, I mean, they would have been the fastest greens I've putted on in years. It was, it was absolutely insane. And I, so I want to give a thank you to the people of Muskoka Bay. Thank you to our sponsors for coming out and playing and Golf Ontario and Golf Canada and everybody who was there. Uh, but I also want to give our best to some of our listeners. I, I heard from some of our listeners yeah. and viewers that reached out to us that call Barry home. And have been removed from their homes because of the tornado. So our our thoughts and our prayers go out to you, and we hope you're safe. And uh, and um, I was surprised. I heard from from several of them, and it was like that was just happening south of us, and we were completely blind to it. We knew we were a storm, but anyway, uh, thoughts and prayers, and uh, hopefully uh, things uh, get back into your world normal. And you get back into your homes and whatnot uh, sooner than later. Okay, let's jump into the Open Championship. We'll do winners, weird, and what. We got 20 weeks tailor made. We got Bushnell giveaway. So much to get to. Let's kick it off with news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. All right, where do we put Colin Morikawa, guys, in the big spectrum of things? We will take a deep dive into his performance in the following segment when we hear from the latest Open champion. But this is now a 24-year-old. He reaches two majors in eight starts, which is the fastest since World War II. Um, what I find interesting about this is when we look at his perspective of what happens in his PGA Tour career, it's almost Brooks Kepka-like in a way, mm. in the sense that Kepka. You know, all these majors, but never had the wins on the PGA Tour. Morikawa, five wins, two majors. But when you compare it to Spieth and McElroy and whatnot, the, total, the win total number is not there. I'm not so sure. That's, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. To me, it's extremely impressive. Bob, is this the start of, you know, a career that could tally up six, seven, eight majors? I think it's. I think there's always a danger in getting overly excited about a guy who just comes off a win, and it was a magical performance. And as you said, I mean, the, this guy's first professional PGA Tour event, by the way, was the 2019 RBC Canadian Open. Mm-hmm. So he's. And you think the last time we had the Canadian Open was the first time he played? He had never. He hadn't played links until he played the Scottish Open the week before. So it's very impressive. Um, you know, the one thing about it about me that scares me a little bit is we know what his putting's like. We know he's tried and worked hard on it. 124th on the PGA Tour strokes gained putting. He was first for the week. No three putts over 72 holes on that golf course is pretty remarkable. But I think it's it would I think we'd be silly to sort of say he's he can keep that kind of performance going week in and week out on the PGA Tour. This is a special week. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a he's going to be a heck of a player. He's going to win more majors, I think, and more tournaments. Um, and I think he's impressive, but just remember, we were talking the same way about Jordan Spieth a few years ago. True. Anything yeah. can happen. The bottom can fall out. The, the, the couple things that pop to mind immediately when we talk about this is, uh, I don't care how fast or slow the greens are, I think you should stay with a conventional grip on lag putts. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. He went to a conventional grip this week because he wanted to, the greens were slower. Get it there. Get it to the <laughs> hole. I think he should just stick with that regardless. If you want to go pencil, etc., saw, claw, whatever you want to call it, whatever version you're using uh, on the ticklish ones, the 10, 10 feet and in, etc., fine, but I think if I'm Murakawa, I'm sticking conventional. Uh, let's keep in mind that he won the PGA Championship conventional the whole way. Mm-hmm. So this guy has proven already the conventional grip. He's got two majors. I think the other thing we should learn from Murakawa stop the rotation of putters. Uh, he won the PGA Championship with a tailor-made TP-style blade putter. He won the Open Championship with a tailor-made TP-style blade putter. Um, 
enough with the mallet experiment so that obviously that blade fits his eye, proven he can win with it. If he just putts average, though, Adam, to Bob's point, don't expect this guy to be the best putter in the field week in and week out. Yeah. That's unrealistic. But he's well outside 100 in the world in strokes game putting. Mm-hmm. Well, what if he's just average? What if he's not giving shots away from the field but not necessarily gaining them? What if he's just middle of the road? This guy could be very, very dominant, just middle of the road putting. Well, we know the way he hits the ball. He's going to have so many birdies. He's going to have 14, 15 birdie chances every round he gets. But you mentioned earlier, too, about you know Spieth and McElroy, how you know their careers started out differently, winning regular tour events. Maybe this is the new mindset. You know, we, we heard the maturity of Morikawa after, you know, in that, that speech he made on the green. It was like, oh, my God, this guy's just he's 24 going on 44, just how mature he is. And, you know, there's all the thought about guys needing to learn how to win, needing to learn how to deal with pressure. Morikawa's been in the major hunt, eight majors. He had a chance at the U.S. Open. But, you know, basically winning two of his first three, like, major, you know, great opportunities to win a major maybe he's sort of leapfrogged that needing to learn how to win and now he's already won a couple times whereas you know Spieth and McIlroy back in the day had to you know get over some major hardships you look at McIlroy 2011 Masters where Morikawa was won you know won the PGA last year and now he's won the Open Championship so maybe he's he's past that of needing to learn how to win and now this could be the start of a run I mean I know the next major isn't for 263 days not that I'm counting but you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy how, you know, it's so long away. But, you know, maybe this could be the start of something special for Morikawa. Two majors at 24 is quite something. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, like, I'm with Bob in the sense that I don't want to overreact to what we just saw. And I kind of feel a little bit like Morikawa as a, it's going to be more of a plotter. I don't expect, like, this super hot run from Morikawa. I expect a guy, because he's just such a consistent iron player. He is the best iron player in the world. I do think still that John Rahm is the greatest combination of ball striking when it comes to iron play, drive, all-around driving power accuracy. And Rahm almost won this golf tournament putting blindfolded. He, yeah. you know, John, I know we'll get into the contenders yeah. and we'll play over par, under par later in the show. But John Rahm hit not, almost 90% of his greens and was dominant uh, tee to green and basically had a blindfold on, when we got, which was so interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Here's, what, what, what happens if uh, in two weeks from now, Colin Morikawa is on the top step of the podium. Yeah. Well, you know what, though, Bob? I was thinking about that as well. The two things from an Olympic standpoint that I thought of when I was watching uh, the Open Championship, one, green speeds in Tokyo are going to be between 9 and 10 on the step meter. Mm-hmm. That's the setup in Tokyo, okay? So here we are with slower green complexes again, okay? Colin Morikawa, correct? And I also saw two Canadian flags contending most of the week, and I'm looking at those two Canadian flags as a, almost like a team. And I'm thinking, this is a pretty good team we're sending right now to, yeah. to Tokyo. These, yeah. Could you find two hotter players right now under the same flag? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. You could make an argument for just two guys that that's the two. And those are the two. That was the two kind of Tokyo things that popped out at me. Slow greens, Team Canada looking pretty good. Okay, on the other side, we will continue the Open Championship conversation. We will hear from the champion golfer of the year, who in his post-round comments almost stole my winner for Winner's Weird and What this week, Bob, and I think you probably know where I'm going with this. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Try the all-new Tour Response, a tour-quality urethane ball that doesn't cost as much as a ball played on tour, only from TaylorMade. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to learn more.
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Whether you're listening on TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, online, are we on TV yet? Not Adam, yet. Not, not yet. yet. We are we're, not we're making on progress. TV. I think we are. <laughs> Watch curling shots. That's right. What are we showing, Bob? In <laughs> replacement like of us? Top 50 curling shots. The top 50 curling shots of all time. Until That's we good get content. This. That's it is. Content. At least you got something to watch there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can listen to us and watch curling uh, highlights. Go. There you go. Talk about triple takeouts. And, yeah. You know, All right. There is. Okay. We're going to jump uh, into this uh, Morikawa a little deeper. Before we do, champion golfer of the year. I actually, uh, there's a couple things I love from his speech. Uh, class act. Yeah. And uh, he's a good, good guy. He's a class act. And with some of the stuff that, that we'll get into in Winner's Weird and What that came out of this week's Open with... Sound bites and more behavior from the two beefed up morons, right? Yeah. Like maybe this is just a roid, a roid rage, uh, maybe. maybe you know, like like what, like this What's is your just excuse then. <laughs> just rage, Bob. Just rage. There's a difference. Um, it's just oh my god. I know we'll get into that oh, when yeah. we're not, but I, I'm kind of it's done for me. I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing both of them mm. when they open their mouths. They just you know. I, I I'm just like. Shocked about what Bryson do calling out his equipment company. Throwing your sponsor under the bus like that. And we're going to get this in Winners Weird to Watch. Yeah. So I don't want to, you know, yeah. but, exactly. but uh, anyway, okay. Colin Morikawa, he is the champion golfer of 2021. He is now a two time major champion. He gets it done in eight starts, which is the fastest to two majors since World War II. He is 24 years of age, now a five time winner on the PGA Tour. He is heading to the Olympics to represent America. And let's hear now from the Open champion. I knew there was going to be troubles. You are going to hit some bad shots, and, and sometimes you put them in the worst spots, but I was able to get away out of, you know, out of it and make some crucial putts. And, um, you know, yeah, my putting stats might not be up there, but they came in the moment I needed them, and um, so happy. When you won the PGA Championship, there were no fans there. Here, you're surrounded in this beautiful venue by so many who are educated about the game. How impactful is it to do in this in front of all of these great fans. These fans are the best. Um, these, these are some of the best fans I've ever seen. And, you know, like, like you said, I haven't played in front of a lot of fans, um, but they truly love the game. They appreciate the game. Um, they know what a good shot is. And, you know, just hearing cheers, cheering me on, cheering Louie on, coming up to every single tee box, um, it was one of the best moments throughout the entire day. All right, and then uh, when he received the Claret Jug, he suggested that he will be back to the British Open annually and look forward to it, which I applauded, Bob, because <laughs> I know, you know, I, I'm so sick of the Open. Uh, but uh, wonderful performance, 1.56 putts per green. He was uh, kind of better than... When I look at the numbers, he was better in, than than the field average in every category substantially. It was a mm-hmm. real overall performance. Uh, again, the wind didn't blow. The course didn't kick back. What did we think about this venue, Bob? Like, like is it time to reevaluate the open road on? I know we'll get into that as well in Winners Weird and What because I think... There are some learnings, let's just say, at the RNA when it comes to the open rota. Is it time to reevaluate the open rota? Um, we've think... lost Turnberry, which is, in my opinion, the best golf course in the world. I agree, and and we'll see what happens with that down the road. I don't know. There was there was an interesting statement from the guy who owns the course uh, this week, but um, I think I think I think these are all 
it's tough to judge it on a one-off experience because the wind didn't blow this week. Right. And so it made it a little bit easier. I won't say it was easy by any means. And, right. they, and they tried to hide things with pin placements. There were some really, really... On Saturday especially, Saturday right? especially, yeah. Um, but I think, I think the road right now is pretty good. And I think there's also... Um, it's more than just the actual part of the course. I think you've got to take this to different parts of Scotland, of England, of Ireland. They're going back, you know, we're get into that later where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I think I think Royal St. George's is a worthy test. What did Trump say this week? I didn't see that. Did he, he just mention said, something? He just said that it's everyone knows it's the best golf course uh, out there. Oh, and, it, he uh, actually <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. gave you himself know, six stars as it always. It wasn't anything surprising. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But he came out and said, you know, he hopes that they'll be able to get a, the, the open back there and we'll see what they now, do. Do you think that the open championship is not uh, Turnberry is not in the Rota because of the Trump Association 100%. or is it because of the infrastructure? Uh, well, I think because there was an infrastructure was, problem. Yeah, right? there was, but they've switched it. The course, you know, I, I think just 100 percent right now. They just yeah. don't want to get into that. Uh, that now maybe it'll change because he's no longer the president. Right, as, but, as time we'll goes by. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are you on that? Are you with that, uh, Bob Adam in the sense that you know to, to overreact to what we just saw? Because if they don't put those pins mm-hmm. in those locations on Saturday and a little bit as well on Sunday, but certainly Saturday. Uh, John Rahm was saying it might be the hardest set of pins he's seen in, in quite some time at any major, and he under, I think he understood why they had to do it. But if they don't trick it up, the setup, 20-unders probably winning this uh, Open Championship. Where are you on Yeah, this? Say, I'd say, though, Lynx golf overall, if the wind doesn't blow, it's... St. You know, Andrews. St. Andrews. You look at the Irish Open in 2019, La You know, that course is hard. Uh, not to put a personal spin on this, but I played that two weeks later, and it was pouring rain for five hours. Yeah. It could barely you hold never see it like Rom saw. It. Yeah, right. where, where you played in a dome for four days. So right. I, I thought the golf course was fine. There were a couple maybe quirkier blind shots, which I know Brooks Kepka, my favorite, wasn't the biggest fan of heading into the tournament, saying it's not his favorite setup in the open rota. But then he, I'm curious next year, for the 150th at St. Andrews, mm-hmm. because it's not the longest course in the St. world. St. Andrews is the one. If you're if you're talking about pure length, quality, and ability to rip the course apart, the old course is the yeah. one that I'd be worried about because they're. I mean, you know, see where they put the 17th hole. The 17th tee is out of bounds. That's the new tee they built a few uh-huh. years ago. It's uh-huh. actually out of bounds to cross the street, but they have to do something. Uh-huh. Or those guys, there were they were there were some stories. I don't know how reliable they were that they were worried that the guys were going to break 60. On that golf course. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if it get if they get weather like they had this for the last four days, it could happen. You're right. I think you're right, Bob. It's uh, you've got drivable par fours. You've got the widest landing areas in the open rota at the Unless old course. Unless you're in Baker Finch. Unless you're in Baker Finch, <laughs> and uh, to most of the bunker places. Now there has been a small renovation. Small. I don't know exactly too much what was done. I know the T on 17. They moved some stuff around, but generally speaking. The bunkers that used to be the threat to find off the tee, the guys are now just bombing over, right? right? Like, remember when when Tiger won there in 2000? Mm-hmm. It was bunker avoidance that was brilliant. There's no avoiding them anymore. You just hit over them. It's a different kind of avoidance, and I'd be concerned as well. But it's that course ain't going anywhere. So, so yeah. we better figure out that. And I think maybe the answer to this is, and I could be wrong, is that when they announced that they were going to do that small renovation to the to the, to the old course, I mean, the, the golf community went berserk. What do you mean? You're, like, they freaked out that the old course was was going to be touched at all, really. Maybe we got to get over that. Maybe to, in order to keep the old course and, and to maintain its integrity in the rotation, 
maybe we better get comfortable with the fact that there might be some things that need to be done to it. Either that or you start you stop, stop worrying about the scores. Like, stop worrying about yes. what's going on. Like, like, nobody sits there and comments about how far under par they were at the Masters this year. No. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think... You know, let's just let's just relax. Get past that. Let's maybe, just relax. Yeah. We'll make it. We'll make it tough enough, but don't worry about what the final number says. You know, it's so funny too. One of the other things I was thinking about when I was watching the golf is that you know we've been so fascinated with distance, Bob. It's wondering like we get we get locked into these conversations and mindset. To your point, we all get locked in and focused on oh, 20, why did twenty under? We can't have twenty under. Like, why did that narrative even start? To your point, why 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 can't we just walk away from that? And the other one I thought about too was distance, and how all we, you know distances ruin the game, and they're hitting it too far, and da da da. And I thought to myself when I was watching that open rota and stuff because there wasn't like any wind at all, right? But but what was marginally there at times was almost negated because the technology is so good with the golf balls fly, the balls themselves fly so straight. Like the TP5, TP5X, I said since the day it came out, I, I remember uh, Nick gave me a sleeve of the prototype when I went to St. Kitts like five years ago, and the wind was, the, the, the flags were leaning over, and this thing was just, instead of turn on a draw, with a draw wind, instead of it turning over like 15, 20 yards and missing the green, the thing was turning over like six, seven yards and finding the putting surface. I'm like, this thing's nuts. This golf ball's so straight, right? But that's like, there's all the manufacturers have come up with the balls that are straighter. They don't spin as much in the wind. Twist face in the driver, right? I'm like, it's not just a distance thing. Like, it, it, the, the, how much, like, look at Colin Morikawa yesterday. His misses were so good. How many times did he hit his driver or three wood in the first cut? Mm-hmm. On his way to winning yesterday. Mm-hmm. And if he was playing a different golf ball that spun more or didn't have twist face in his driver, yeah. there's, there's a good chance that the majority of those first cut misses, which was three or four, where he got good bounces and just, mu- they're in thick stuff. And he doesn't win this championship. He, it's, he, he also got some great breaks though yesterday you know like the, the approach he hit on 10 into the thick rough like yeah. his, his ball was teed up in the yes exactly. yes that, that approach he hit that sort of skirted the right. bunker yes as well like i mean but you need those to, you win, need to win exactly yeah. right yeah but i'm wondering you know I, I i guess to bob's point to circle back to bob's point i wonder if we just get too fixated all the time on these same narratives oh distance is a problem oh mm-hmm. you can't be 20 under par yeah. and sometimes maybe we're not seeing the forest for the trees right it's just that the Anyway, we will see. Here's the good news. We don't have to wait too long to find out how St. Andrews holds up in the modern-day Rota because it's next year for the 150th anniversary celebration. And uh, and we'll see. Again, Mother Nature, by the way, changes everything, as you know, in in, in this situation. Okay, on the other side, we will uh, flip the script. Colin Morikawa, great victory. He's headed to the Olympics. He's headed to uh, what will likely be a very big playoff for Morikawa. But we had Mackenzie Hughes finish tied for six at eight under par. And we had Corey Connors finish tied for 15th at five under. I don't think uh, that T15 is, is, is a very accurate uh, description of how Connors played. He didn't have the back nine he wanted. So I thought you know, he, these two guys were right there on the front page most of the weekend. And Corey eventually fell off. They're going to head to the Olympics, and there might not be two hotter players on the planet. We will break down and hear from both Connors and McKenzie on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Scully, are we on TV yet? No. No. <laughs> All right. We will keep you updated. We're getting closer, though. Like yeah, because Bob's got his Team Canada jersey on today, I which I was wearing today. Thursday at Muskoka oh. Bay. I had the Team Canada jersey on. We right. want to see the Adidas Team Canada Absolutely, jersey. So yeah. we got it. That might be the yeah. only reason to tune in. You know what? I'll say there was a big winner at the Open Championship. Dustin Johnson, I loved his shirts. Did you guys see them? Yeah. They yes. Were, they they look solid. Really the sharp solid. checkered. Yeah. yeah. Like I even liked, I liked Morikawa's on Sunday. There was like a Hawaiian vibe going right. on there yep. on Sunday. Perfect right? for uh, for Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Southern England. Yeah, All right. On the other side, we will do uh, Mr. Butcher uh, gift card giveaway. If you're listening on TSN 1050 in the Toronto, uh, Greater Toronto area on TSN 1050, and you have not won a Mr. Butcher gift card Previously, then you will be eligible eligible for the uh, Mr. Butcher $100 gift card giveaway. We'll do that coming up in the other segment. Okay, guys, Hughes Connors, huge success story. Um, we didn't get the win, but, man, Mackenzie Hughes there again, Connors there again. The last three majors, I don't remember. You know, I guess it would have been Mike Weir probably in his prime, but I, I just don't recall multiple Canadian flags ever being this consistent across three majors swing like this. Um Mackenzie Hughes, let's start with him. He finishes T second. He shoots 69 on Sunday. Of course, this is coming off the uh, the near miss at uh, Torrey Pines at the Open Championship. Before we dive into his numbers and what this might mean for the rest of his summer, let's hear from Mackenzie Hughes. Hard to be disappointed with it. I I got off to a great start Thursday, and um, I really didn't have my best stuff uh, last last few days, but. Kind of speaks to the way I feel about the Open Championship and how I felt coming in was that um, I felt like I was kind of born to play Lynx golf. I just feel like uh, it makes you really think, and uh, that's something I'm very good at, uh, which can help and hurt me. But over here, I just feel like the style of, style of play and hitting the different golf shots, and it's uh, it's all just kind of feel and um, yeah, just kind of manufacturing shots. So I. I really loved it. Obviously, I would have loved uh, to play a little better the last couple of days, but all in all, I was uh, pretty pleased with the efforts and um, you know another good uh, major experience. One point four four putts per green, kind of blew the field away with the flat stick, didn't he, Bob? Is it that simple for Mackenzie Hughes that when he's got confidence with that putter, which seems to be more often than not, things are just different for him? I agree. I don't think there's anybody on the PGA Tour or in golf who sinks more putts over 25 feet than it than mm-hmm. he does. Maybe it's just because we're watching him a lot. I had this does. conversation. I said him and Jordan Spieth yeah. are the two for it's, me. It's remarkable. And he really has become one of the best putters in, in golf at this moment, I think. And that's it helps him a lot, obviously. Great putting can correct a lot of mistakes, as we all know that. Um, I think he's starting to really get more confidence in major championships. If you look at his record before this year... And then compared to this year, I think he missed, I think he made one cut in eight starts, or I'll, I'll look it up at the break, but it was very, very poor. He missed a lot of cuts in major championships. And now he's there where he feels like he belongs. You know, Mike Weir played practice round with, with McKenzie, with Adam, and with Corey at the Masters this year. 
And he told him about halfway through the round, he said, look, guys, you're ready. You have all the talent. You can do it. You're good enough to win these things. You just have to believe in yourselves. And I think that's what they're starting to do. I think it might be a belief thing as well, Bob. I think you're right. I also like what he said about the imagination there and the creativity. I, w- I never really thought uh, of Mackenzie Hughes in that in that lane, but he's he's feeling that vibe. He's putting them there. Question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm starting to think the harder the golf gets, the better it is for Mackenzie Hughes. Look at his best performances. Honda Classic. Yeah. Like, is there a harder golf course on the PGA Tour annually than, than mm-hmm. PGA National? Probably not. BMW Championship a uh, year ago in the playoffs. That was the hardest setup we've seen non-major. Okay? Mm-hmm. That was insane. Played brilliant. Made that key putt at the end to get to the playoffs. Uh, Torrey Pines. Now, here we are in open chat. The harder it gets, the more par means something, the better off Mackenzie Hughes is. When par means something and it's a hard setup and it isn't like a Corn Ferry Tour event, is it better for Mackenzie Hughes? Yeah, he also played very well last year at the Memorial before the, right? the Another 60. perfect. Yeah. There you go. Yes, yeah, so we played very well there. You know, max 25th in strokes gained putting this year. And, and you mentioned the green speeds, and that, that's where I'm really curious come Tokyo in a couple of weeks. You know, if the green speeds are 9 or 10, where you're not, you know, lagging a putt. Like, you have to hit a putt aggressively to get it to the hole where break isn't as big of a deal per se. Um, so you got to love Mackenzie Hughes and Corey Connors heading into the Olympics. Well, let's, we're going to jump into the Corey Connors. I think uh, Corey, for me, for me, it's a similar conversation with Corey in, in terms of the narrative continues. I mean, his ball striking leading up into the, in, into the weekend was was exceptional. Like, I mean, he just wasn't missing fairways and he just wasn't missing greens. And the, and the conversation with Corey is always, okay, so when you stop hitting greens, because everybody has a round of golf uh, in a major championship where you don't hit 15, 16 greens in regulation, what happens on the round or the day when you need to scramble, when you need to get... And again, I think we're still at that conversation. Uh, approach to green, Corey Connors, 55.56% of his greens in regulation. That's a really low number for Corey Connors. Mm-hmm. If that number had been around 75-80%, or if it's up near John Rahm territory at 88-89%, Corey Connors probably holding a claret jug right now. That's how good he is, right? Yeah, exactly. He, uh, you know, he actually was first on on uh, Saturday's round, yes. first in fairways, first, first in, in greens. He missed one, right? And so you look at those numbers, and then you think of the rest of the week. I think it does expose a little bit of Corey's game, which is not not for me so much the putting anymore. No, I it's, agree. It's the wedge play, hundred percent. And I think he's getting better at it, but I think that's the that's and everyone's got a weak part. Everyone's yeah. everyone's going to have a week like like Colin Morikawa just had, where your weak part shines, and so maybe that's going to come. Yeah. Uh, soon, sometime soon, I hope for Corey. But uh, but really, he's getting to the point now where also I think Sundays at major championships, um, he's getting a little more comfortable. But he always seems to stumble. He stumbled out of the gate at the Masters. Back to back. Stumbled out of the gate at the uh, at yesterday. Yesterday. So yeah. there's a cup. There's a little thing there where it might be just as simple as a hit one or two bad shots. But I think it's maybe a up here. Up I'm with you a thousand percent, too, Bob. On it's not the putter. No, I think the putting is fine. He, he made some beautiful putts yesterday. I think it continues to be the wedge play. And your point, to your point, everybody's got a weak point, so we're not we're not trying to be uh, negative or, or or anything. It's something that needs to improve. And I think you're right. Out of the gates, he went bogey bogey to start that round. Uh, and when you're out in front of everybody, you got to do the opposite, right? right. You got to go birdie birdie, right? And flip the script on these guys and throw some pressure on them. Okay, uh, before we close the door on uh, Corey Connors, let's hear from uh, Corey Connors on his uh, Sunday at the Open. I felt pretty good. I was excited, you know, with the position I was in, how I felt about my game. 
Um, I was definitely some nerves out there. I wasn't able to get the putts to fall in to kind of get some positive momentum and settle me down a little bit. Um, but I um, just tried to, you know, plug away and be patient. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely more of a battle than, than I had hoped for. But, uh, yeah, it was a good learning experience. And before we close the door on this and move on to other contenders, because we, we need to talk about John Rahm, we need to talk about Jordan Spieth, we need to talk about uh, Rory McIlroy. <laughs> and, I mean, there's some head-scratching stuff. Obviously, Kepka, we will, ah, you know, yes. for your benefit, of course. Bob and I <laughs> of will talk about Kepka. Yes. Uh, but before we get to all that, just uh, want a couple notes on Morikawa. 31 holes in a row, bogey-free to end this championship. 31 holes. That's in- crazy. And interesting, you know, I, you know, I'm an equipment junkie. On the other side, Bob, I want to talk about uh, your new thing that you might try today mm-hmm. out on the golf course. And we'll, I got my GC quad out in the backyard the <laughs> other day. So we'll talk a little equipment. But Colin Morikawa changing up his irons. Yeah. Uh, Interesting, you know, because looking for maybe a little bit more forgiveness off those super hard, firm conditions, felt that he needed a bit. He went from the blade to the MC, uh, whatever it is. Maybe it was just a, a mental thing, confident thing, but I, I love to see these guys tweak their equipment when they do certain majors, like at Augusta, maybe less bounce on the wedges. This is that. Pretty cool to see a guy without a lot of links experience make that call. Without a lot of links experience, yeah. He had one, one week one of week. it. Didn't like the way his 7, 8, 9 irons were, were reacting in the turf, so he switched those out. And uh, and jumped in from there. So I think uh, I think it's pretty uh, pretty astute and pretty a little maybe a little bit risky for him to to have done that. But he felt comfortable enough with uh, what he was going to get in the bag because he, he said the eight iron was his favorite club. Yeah. yeah. He mentioned uh, in his post round that if he didn't play the Scottish Open, he'd have zero chance mm-hmm. to win that week. So that little little decisions. Adam, where are we? We, we are on TV. We're on TV. We're it's on, up and going. Hello, Canada. <laughs> we made it. Hello, Canada. We made it. We made I'm, it. I'm glad. So we are now on TSN2, and we'll be on TSN2 the rest of the way as we still have a, uh, a, more than an hour left of Golf Talk Canada. On the other side, we'll do the Mr. Butcher uh, gift card giveaway for our listeners on TSN 1050. We'll get you caught up on uh, 20 Weeks TaylorMade, our Bushnell giveaway from the week, and uh, we'll talk a little technology here. With uh, Bob's got an interesting toy from our friend uh, Derek Ingram. Ralph Bauer. Uh, oh, sorry, Ralph Bauer. Excuse me. My apologies. And Ralph sent this to you and me, too, and we haven't had... No. We've been drowning. Not that you're not drowning. <laughs> We're all drowning. This is a busy time of year. I don't know which way to look or what to do right now, but uh, I was busy. I, you know, I'm good with technology, but I've been I've been diving deep mm-hmm. into my GC quad. About this. So I got... I, I, once I kind of get comfortable with that, then I want to... And I'll get Bob to give me the Coles notes for... See how smart I am? I let Bob <laughs> well, learn it all first. Well. <laughs> And do the hard work. And I say, Bob, teach me this. Translate it into English. Yeah, can you translate it into English? All right. All right. On the other side, we'll do it. More GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. 
Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada, TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, and on TSN 2 Broadcasting now as all systems are a go. All right, if you're listening to us on TSN 1050 in the greater Toronto area and you have not won a Mr. Butcher $100 gift card giveaway, then you are eligible. We're going to open up the phone lines right now, 416-870-1050, 870-1050. Colin Morikawa wins his second major yesterday. We want to know... What was his final round score? You can give us the number or the total in relation to par. We'll accept either or. Or if you want to really show off, you can just give us both. Right out of just. But if you get both, but if you guess both, we're not giving you two gift. cards. That's right. You're no. still only getting just the get one, one gift card. Yeah. Of course, uh, all winners will be eligible for the uh, grand prize, which is a barbecue for you and uh, nine of your friends. And uh, we'll be doing that draw, I believe, sometime in August. We have to find that out. I think we're only going to do the $100 gift cards to the end of July. And then uh, and then pull a hat. Uh, pull it out of the hat and see who uh, gets the big uh, grand Absolutely. finale. Okay. Uh, Skulls, 20 weeks tailor-made. We're going to draw later today. later today. And so this week we're giving away... The limited edition Team Taylor made staff bag. Looking bag. The same bag that Colin Morikawa's caddy was using. JJ, he was holding throughout the week. We're giving one of those away. So how do you win? Follow Golf Talk Canada. Follow Taylor Made Canada. Twitter and Instagram. Tag your golfing buddies. We'll announce our winner later tonight on Instagram. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. All right, we're uh, we've given away six Phantom Two GPS. Uh, congratulations. Let me go through some of the winners here. Uh, we've got Michael M. gets it done in uh, Ontario. Took a beautiful shot of the 18th hole of Big Win Island. Absolutely Ooh, gorgeous. Uh, great closing hole. Oh, beautiful closing yeah. hole, isn't it? Uh, Tim Wirtz uh, in Saskatchewan. Uh, Machine 66. Mm. Uh, Calgary at the Hamptons Golf Club. Uh, Jared Schaefer from Kelowna, British Columbia. We're going to reach out to our winners. Uh, in the next few uh, days. So congratulations, uh, GPS Phantom 2 by Bushnell. Very cool device. We'll be giving those away. So congratulations to everyone who wins, who won. And thank you so much uh, for participating in that. Okay, Bob, I was on social media kind of poking around this week, playing with my new Foresight GC Quad, uh, learning it. But before before I get into my stuff, because... (laughs) You know me, I will (laughs) ramble on technology. Ralph Bauer reached out to us on this, and I haven't jumped on this yet, so I'm going to ask you. So give me the nuts and bolts of what Ralph's doing here, and you're going to take it for a maiden voyage this afternoon? This afternoon. Okay. Uh, So Ralph, as we know, he's uh, the fine uh, director of instruction at uh, Hamilton Golf and Country Club Mm -hmm. and still works with a number of top touring professionals. He was on the tour for a number of years, but he's uh, settled in a little bit. But he uh, and another he and another fellow have come up with this thing called the Tour Read Golf Green Reading App. Okay. And basically, you put this app on your phone and you put it on the green. So you go onto the green and you lay this on the green. As, as I understand it, I guess I'll try yeah, this. Yeah, you're voyages afternoon. And it basically gives you the amount of slope and break and tells you essentially this is how the the, the putt's gonna gonna go from between you and the hole. Wow. Now he um, he got Nick Cat, uh, Nick Taylor's caddy to, to tra- test it out during a practice round at the Barbasol, and he raved about it. Said this is unbelievable. Like you know, Nick they felt was really putting well. His stroke was good, but he apparently was not starting the ball on the on the correct line. So this kind of gives them verification as to what the line should be. It's amazing. So, yeah, it's just like on your phone, right? So I'm right. going to uh, give it a whirl, and maybe uh, next week we'll 
We'll test it out. I'll come back and give you a report. Yeah, let's get the reports on this. If I make 18 one putts, it'll be good. Yes. What I'm curious to, Bob, <laughs> too, if you if you don't mind, keep a, like a mental log of what you saw right. on your own eyes without it and then what it told mm. you. Like how many times were you necessarily right or wrong, so to speak, yeah. right? I mean, I've played that golf course for 49 years. So you're going to know it pretty good. There are a couple of greens I still can't figure out. <laughs> right. So maybe, right. So maybe on. this is going to be interesting to see. Now, this, of course, I'm assuming is going to be legal for practice play only, yes. right? Practice right. play or when I'm playing against my buddies. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot or of pride when we're on taking on <laughs> yes. these guys, these guys right. in the, the rematch. Yeah. Yes. Uh, team recoil. Yes. When we take on team yes. recoil. We'll be training. That's it. So I went down the technology hole this week, too, because huh. I was not uh, as busy as you gentlemen were for the Open Championship. Once we put Golf Talk Canada to bed this week, mm-hmm. And we had our Golf Talk Canada Day on Thursday at the at the uh, at Muskoka Bay Club. Uh, the rest of the weekend was pretty loose for me. Not doing radio, right? Not doing TVs. I was like, oh, I can just watch golf. And we celebrated Mrs. Golf Talk Canada's birthday. I saw the picture of the wrinkly dog. The wrinkly dog. I post that every year for my wife because she doesn't allow me to post photos of her ah. for her birthday. She doesn't like that. So I post photos of things she likes. Okay. Wrinkly puppies, uh, white wine sangria, and clean floors is apparently... Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Apparently what she loves. Yeah. So anyway, but I got in, I got out my Foresight GC Quad. Now, you know, Toronto Hunt Club put in, mm-hmm. we put in the new Hawks system, yes. which are awesome because the one thing I don't like about simulators, uh, two things drive me nuts about simulators. If you're going to have simulators, make sure they're accurate. If you're in there hitting seven irons, 250 and drivers, 220, the, people aren't going to use them. Mm-hmm. Right? They got to be accurate. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I like I don't like the flipping of right-handed to left-handed. That drives me nuts. And those Hawk systems, you don't have to do it. It automatically oh, wow. picks you up. There's oh, no adjustment necessary. So, Bob, you and I could go in. Adam and I, Adam could go in right after us. No adjustment. Bang. It's smart. It's It's got AI going, right? It's thinking for itself. It picks it up. And it's bang on. So, I love that. So, we put those we put those in the, at the Toronto Hunt. So, I try, I use them all the time until they got shut down. Right. Right? Because COVID policy couldn't be an indoors. Simulators were treated like gyms. So it wasn't until we got to phase three that we were allowed to go in and use our simulators as per COVID protocol, yada, yada. So my friends down at Foresight gave me this GC quad tower, which is the one you see Bryson and like 18 of the top 20 players in the world with it on the range kind right. of standing there. And they gave me the laptop with all the software, and I start took took a deep dive in the yard in my Did net. You ever, yeah. And you you know, so I look. They they gave me the the breakdown on how to use it and blah 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 blah. And because I've been kind of toying back and forth with driver shaft, because you know you get out on the course, Bob, and you hit the drivers, and I'm I'm gone my sim too, mm-hmm. and. You hit the ball differently different days. Like some days you hit it better than others, right? So I'm like. I couldn't figure out which driver shaft was performing better because some days this, I said, now I got to get these on a proper system and get some real data. You know, spin rates, carry numbers, dispersion pattern, yada, 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 yada. I spent the whole morning in the yard with this thing. <laughs> I <love that laughs> and I was pouring sweat. It was sore. I yeah. was sore. I was pouring sweat. It was hilarious. But it was awesome. It was a, such a fun learning experience. I loved it. And I, ma- I think I've made a really good choice. We'll find out this afternoon because yeah. we're going to see if it translates to your point, Bob, when you get out there and you're going to lay that thing on the ground, right? It's going to – Exactly. That's the proof it. in the pudding. Exactly. So, so we will see uh, if the findings were accurate, so to speak. I'm curious to hear both results here. Yeah. 
be very, very yeah. cool. So, yeah. and, and again, whether uh, you're looking for equipment or you're trying to get better or you're practicing, I mean, take advantage of this technology, and it's available to all of us. I should point out the Tour Read uh, app right now is still in beta testing. It's not widely available yet. Okay. But, uh, so we can't okay. offer it. will be it shortly. So okay. don't go searching for it on the App Store. Okay. Yet. You can go searching for quad, GC Quad Foresight technology. Uh, if you're going to take lessons and if you're going to – uh, uh, find an indoor home to practice this fall, you can find this technology yeah. everywhere. And of course, this is what our friends at TaylorMade use as well at the fitting lab. Right. It's all uh, foresight, and they have the Hawks as well, and the towers and everything you need. So mm-hmm. it was great. All right. Uh, did we have a, do we have a winner yet? We do, yes. Chris, uh, Travis Kennedy is our winner of wow, the Mr. But- Butcher gift card, $100 gift card, or you can get hot dogs, you can get pizza dough, you can get meat. Bob, I think, is still the only yeah. one to try the pizza dough pizza out of the three of us. Spectacular. I've tried the hot dogs. Uh, yeah, yeah, a my... lamb I've had. Lamb's oh. great. Uh, the um, I've had two different kinds of steaks. Yep. I've had salmon. I mean, it's good. There's yeah. a lot of stuff there. Yeah. There you go. Oh, so, and the correct answer was 66 four. or four under. There you go. And I bet you Travis showed off and gave us both. That's just my guess. <laughs> That's it. I bet you he showed. He was kind of feeling. You have a good feeling about it. He had a good feeling about it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, hour two. Lots coming up in hour two. We've got uh, over par, under par yep. coming up on the other side. And I'm curious I'm curious with you guys on this because I think quite often some of these are slam dunks. There's not – there's a few of them in here that are a bit of head-scratching material. Like, dust, like, what do you take from Dustin Johnson this week? Yeah. Step forward, but how big a step forward, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, Lou Eusazen, Jordan Spieth, Kepka. Rory, I'm Rom. We we will do over par, under par. We will talk. What was the best major now this season? And when we say this question, it will be all six, mm-hmm. not just what happened this calendar year, but out of the six majors we had this super season. Mm-hmm. For you, what was your best? What was your weakest? What one did you enjoy the least, and why? And I feel like almost in a sense, like the the November Masters is almost unfair to to almost put it in the conversation. We will, because it was part of the super season. But it was such a one-off in terms of the environment. And, Bob, you were there. You know what it was like. It was, you know, it, it, we're Something never going to see anything like that again. Ice Station Zebra Golf Tournament. <laughs> right. So, I mean, like, do you, does it even belong in the conversation? And where does it fall? We will have that conversation come by the other side. Winner's Weird and What. Absolute some beauty stuff in Winner's Weird and What. Mm-hmm. There might be a little rant in there. I don't know if it's a big one, just a little one. <laughs> Maybe. And we'll get you caught up on everything uh, Golf Talk Canada uh, Cup Forum because I'm going to take a small hiatus in the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean we're stopping. We're still going. Still going to be Olympic golf. Yeah. And we've got a huge, we got playoffs. We have big playoffs. Like, I have no clue who's going to win the FedEx Cup right now. And, you know, you've got to be in that. You, under this new system, you know, you've got to have to be in that top five, right, to yeah. really have a chance yep. to, to do it by the time we get to Eastlake. we got lots coming up uh, still remaining in the, in the world of golf. We have Ryder Cup. We haven't even – isn't know. it amazing we haven't even looked or chatted Ryder Cup? I, I mean, you almost have to put it on the back burner until the Olympics is behind us. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're only weeks away from a splintered American dressing room, a Ryder <laughs> Cup that they desperately need to win on their own soil. It's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. We will – Pick it all up on the other side with over par, under par. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. 
For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. All right, Hour 2, here we go. We're going to kick it off, Hour 2. A little over par, under par, which is what we like to play here on GTC with the performances of some of the big names in golf who did not win, whose names are not Colin Morikawa. Do they leave the Open Championship with momentum? Are they cup half full, which is under par? Or are they cup half empty, which is over par? Let us start with Jordan Spieth, who finished solo second at 13 under par. I've got to put Jordan Bob under par. I think uh, he performed a, just a brilliant tournament. I think he kept it in the fairway surprisingly more often than we anticipated. He had a sloppy end to his Saturday. He played you know, those, those two late bogeys, a rough back nine on Saturday. If he finishes a little stronger Saturday, the outcome of this golf tournament might be a little different if it's him and Colin Morikawa sitting in that final group together, or him or Louis Eustace for that matter, sitting in that final group together. Did he win? No. But I think the journey from where Jordan Spieth has been to where he is now, I think I've gotta have him on I've gotta have him at under par, and I gotta think that he's likely going to push and contend in the playoffs. Under par, over par, Jordan Spieth. Uh big picture, under par, definitely. This is a revived Jordan Spieth kind of confirmed that he's back in action, that his he's ready to compete, that he's got the mojo going again. Short term, I'm going over par. I think uh, he and he admitted, you know, that that bad putt on the the 54th hole on Saturday mm -hmm. took his putter home with him <laughs> to work on it in the, in, the, in the house, and then the sloppy start on Sunday. Um, you know, this was a tournament he could have won, I think, and so I think for that reason, I have to give him over par for this tournament. Wow. Okay, Adam. You know what? It's you, you really phrased that well, Bob, in the sense that you know in February, Spieth was lost. You know, and now he's almost an automatic Ryder Cup selection, which we were talking in, you know, in a couple of weeks or a mm -hmm. couple of months here. The Could Ryder be interesting Cup happening. to see where we land there. You know, yeah, if Jordan Spieth finishes par par on Saturday, he's in the final group, which I think is a big difference. You know, chasing in the second to last group versus being in the final group, sort of. Not making a match play, but it's a little closer where you can see, you know, where Spieth could see how Ustase and Ormore Cowell was doing sort of toe-to-toe -to -toe versus watching a scoreboard. Still, all in all, an under-par week in the sense that, you know, you can tell he's still working. He's still battling. He's His pre-shot routine, there's a lot of things going on, a lot of work still going on on the driving range as well. I don't know, though, if that's ever going to stop because even Jordan yeah. <laughs> in his prime was twitchy and this pre-shot and that. Like, I don't know if that ever settles down. Yeah. Uh, still, I, I'd still say under par, though. You have him under par I still as well. Think I do, too, and I'll tell you why, yeah. too. So I, I'm with Bob on the early start. He plays the first six holes yesterday in two over par. If he plays the first six holes at even par instead of two over, we're in a playoff mm -hmm. at the Open Championship. He still shoots 66 on Sunday. He was still the only guy to really give Morikawa a push at all. Yeah. You know, we had Corey Connors ready to push early. And Corey faded. We had Louis Eustace trying to hang in there. Couldn't get any momentum going at all, really. Faded. The only one to substantiate any kind of long-term push was Jordan Spieth. 
maybe Rom to a certain extent at a certain time, but Rom started so far back by the time he got any mojo going. It was kind of, for me, he was too far out of it. So we've got two under par and one kind of big picture, but mm. short-term over par. Okay, that's a great segue to John Rom, because for me, John Rom again here is under par. Completely under par. He's trying to win back-to-back majors, and he almost got it done. And he almost got it done putting horribly. I'm looking at John Rahm's putting numbers. First of all, guys, 88.89% of his greens in regulation. Okay. Uh, I mean, remarkable. He's, like remarkable. He flagged it all day on Sunday. He flagged it all day. One, almost 1.8 putts per green. Like, he just didn't make a single thing. He ends up shooting 66 on Sunday, 31 coming home after an even par front nine. By the time his putter woke up, the tournament was over. I still got to go under par. I mean, he's the best player in the world right now. He almost got it done back-to-back. He contended with his B game. We don't see that very often in this world of golf where guys still have a chance to win when they don't have their A game. For me, he's under par. Go back around the horn, Adam. I, I'm. It's this is tough because this season for Rom has been interesting in the majors. Um, you know, starting in, once 2021 came. You know, at the Masters with the, the birth of Keppa, his child, um, coming in late that week, shooting even par, still finishing T5. PGA Championship shoots even par in the first round, still finishes top 10. This week didn't have his best stuff clearly, especially on the greens. Sluggish still, starts. Still again. battled back. So. It's almost a little Rory McIlroy, but John Rahm just plays better the final three days. I still think it's under par, given big picture how great of a major season it was for a guy to have. But you'd like to see him start better. Just to not not play yourself out of the tournament, but not so you're playing catch-up for the final three days. I still think it's under par, but it's really close. He was over par after the first round of this golf tournament. Exactly. Yeah, 71. I think, uh, I think yeah, he's under par. I think 64, 68, 66, I think he went for the final three rounds. Maybe there's a lot of stuff that goes on when the the U.S. Open champion and you come into this tournament. There's you know you're not quite as prepared maybe as you wanted to be. But uh, I still think when he's playing his best right now, as we say this often. But I think when he plays his best right now, on firing on all cylinders, he's the best player in golf. Yeah, I agree, Bob. I, I agree with what you say about the U.S. Open too, and I and I think there's proof in the pudding with what Bob's saying about the U.S. Open. When you see this, the small list of names historically that have won both Opens. Uh, In the same year, it's a handful of people, which shows how difficult it is to do it. And he almost got it done. And by the way, John Rahm now, what, top top 10 at every major this year again? Except for the 2020 U.S. Open at Wingfoot in September. Season. Yes. This season. (laughs) Yes. This year, though. Ah, this year, yes. Got them all, right? All four. All right. Uh, Lou Eustace and guys. To me, this is a no-brainer. I mean, here we are again, a chance to win, and just, you know, he shoots one over par. And and I think this one feels a little different for me. I'm, and I'm going to put him over par because I have put Louis Ustazen under par in the previous attempts mm-hmm. when he finished second. I had him under par uh, at, at because I felt... Or I had him closer than par. I don't even remember, actually, to be bluntly honest with you. But I didn't have him... It wasn't as black and white as this one is for me because I always felt... Like, Louie just got beat. Because he still shot rounds under par on Sundays at majors. Mm-hmm. And he finished second. And here we are now, one over, Bob. This is a different type of loss for me. This is the bunker play that was disastrous. Uh, to go shoot over par on a golf course where everybody else you're playing with seems to be shooting 66, 67, 68. This feels like a really different loss for Louie. I got him over par. Yeah, I think I have to go over par as well. You know, he's lost... 
events in different ways. Sometimes, as you said, he's been beaten, and then like at Torrey Pines, he hits that one out of bounds on 17, mm -hmm. which is just, uh, how do you do that? And this one, to me, he shoots one under, and he's in a playoff, and it just, he was just a different guy than he was the first three rounds, where he was a machine, and I don't know if there's something going on between the ears, or if it was just his time to have a bad day, or the, not the day he wanted, but it's it's hard, because he's a likable guy. Mm -hmm. I think everyone would lo would have loved to have seen him win. Uh, but yeah, I think I think over par, even though it's a tough one to do. On the same thing, over par for sure. Heading into this year, you know, the previous four times he'd finished runner-up in majors, all uh, par or better in those final rounds, under par or better in those rounds. This year, uh, two over par in those final rounds when he had a chance finishing runner-up at both the U.S. Open and the PGA Championship. Yesterday at the Open, it seemed he was really tentative on the greens. Obviously, that bunker shot on seven, mm -hmm. which he knifed over the green, made mm -hmm. the bogey. I'm curious how things might have been different if that tee shot on 11, the par 3, went in the hole instead of hit the post and wide. Wow. Like, that would have yeah. been spicy. Yeah. I'm curious how that would have changed things. It would have really changed, you know, the feeling in the group with Morikawa, but he's still over par for sure. Today. Yeah, I'm with you. We're, we're, we're finding a lot of agreement here, and I'm wondering if this next gentleman ah. might change that. We'll start with you because he's your boy. Mm. <laughs> Kepka. Brooksy. Back door, and he was open about it. Uh, a post that he felt like this not nothing to celebrate here. He was he was not excited about a backdoor top T six. He felt it was a blown opportunity, the opportunity to win this golf tournament. And he di didn't. I do like that attitude from him in a sense. That there's a lot of things he says and a lot of ways he acts that rubs me personally the the, the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I like a little bit. I like a little bit more respect in my confidence, uh, sure. i.e. Tiger. Was always very confident, but always respectful to the game and the history of the game. Mm -hmm. I find sometimes Kepka lights that on fire, uh, and he doesn't like this backdoor top six. So I guess he's with me. I'm agreeing with Kepka that I kind of put him over par. That I I think this was a missed opportunity. I don't say it doesn't change how I feel about Kepka com coming into this event or going out of it. I don't think he's set up for a bad rest of the year. I don't necessarily. S s think he's set up for a big rock and roll finish either this is kind of like he really wasn't part of the story for me yeah I'm with you there too and um, he's he's still over par for me in the last two major championships at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines it was the 73 in the second round that sort of it didn't shoot him out of the tournament but he really had to play catch up from there the third round 72 two over which was bizarre you know in his last nine third rounds at majors he was a combined 20 under par so that was really shocking to me obviously the the comeback on sunday i mean he played really well the back nine he narrowly missed what four birdie putts on the edge coulda woulda shoulda maybe post 11 12 under who knows what happened still a great performance but for kepka's expectations in the major championships Still a little over par. Bob, and are we completely forgetting that this guy, we still don't even know if he's ever going to be healthy, right? Yeah, no, he's definitely over par for me. He, he never had a chance to win this golf tournament right. after Saturday's round, right? right? I mean, he was never going to come back and, and get into the mix. So, as you say, backdoor, um, backdoor good finish. But I think I think that his game on uh, on Saturday was just bizarre because it was so unusual compared to the first two rounds, missing fairways and uh, missing putts and... Um, I don't know. I just I, I'm still sort of confused about where he is with his game right now. Played great on Sunday, as, uh, as you yeah. said, Adam, and but uh, but still over par for me. All right, we're going to save Rory McIlroy for the other side, and we'll have it in the major conversation. Mm -hmm. But before we go to break, Bob, we'll stay with you one more around the horn because you've you've been on him. Maybe I don't want to say no, because you, you recently you were kind of 
off of him suggesting that you you needed to see something. We haven't seen seen anything. So I guess my question to you is, did we just see something? Dustin Johnson had a decent tournament. Dustin Johnson, T8, shot 300 par on Sunday, finishes 700 par. Finally signs of life, so to speak. So because of that, I feel like I want to put him under par based on the fact that we've seen nothing from DJ. We've seen missed cuts at majors. We've seen him with really no chance to win. And I actually saw signs of the old Dustin Johnson for moments in the Open Championship, which makes me want to say, based on what we saw coming into this, he's under par leaving the Open Championship compared to where he was going in. Uh, I still got to put him over par. He's the number one ranked golfer in the world. He should be a little bit more in the mix. He's like Kepka. He really never had a chance to to contend in this in this championship. So, uh, but you're right. He's he's moving in the right direction. There are signs that his game is starting to take shape again. He's 100% over par for me as well. To be four shots off the lead after 36 holes, and then go five over in your first 11 in the third round. He was two under in his last seven to shoot 73, three over, and then had a good Sunday to finish T8, but I don't know. He's still over par. It's amazing how many big names, Kepka, DJ, Jordan on his final nine, on Saturday, all on the same day, and I think we can point to John Rahm's post-round comments on Saturday as to likely why this happened. Probably the most severe set of hole locations he's seen in quite some time because they had to trick it up. Mm -hmm. They had to trick it up. They had to give it the Mike Davis uh, uh, (laughs) nod, right? They had to go find the windmills and uh, where's Space Mountain? Oh, there it is. Let's put it there, right? (laughs) Because it was the only way to protect the golf course, right? Right. Protect par. Uh, And that's likely why why it happened, right? But it didn't happen to Colin Morikawa and it didn't happen to Louis Ustase and they were able to manage it coming home, Mm -hmm. thus the final pair. Okay, on the other side, we will talk Rory and what was the best major? Of the super season, you've got six. What was your favorite and what was your least favorite? Uh, And we'll take it from there. We'll jump into it on the other side. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada's Aquino Week. Scully, all in studio. Golf uh, Talk Canada is on TSN2 as well today as we broadcast on TV. You can watch us as well as listen to us on TSN. 1050 on the app. Uh, as well as iHeartRadio. Okay, guys, we have six majors this season. Six majors. Do you want to jump into that or you want to do Rory first? Let's do Rory first. Mm, because right. Bob? <laughs> where to go? Where do we go? I mean, it's kind of sad a little, isn't it? Because he's such a likable character. Yeah. And I think the game's better when Rory's... Like, he's, he's the conscious of, of professional golf. He says what we want a lot of our modern athletes to say. He gives thoughtful answers. Uh, his moral compass is, is good. Um, and I know these guys are just golfers. I'm not trying to turn them into, like, these, you know, people that, get, you know, got to change the world. But, you know... Off mic earlier today, I was talking about how I get uncomfortable with certain athletes going to certain parts of the world where human rights, in my mind, are a severe issue, yet they go and grab the bag of cash. You know, and we need people like Rory to 
to, to speak truthful and be leaders, etc. Hard to be that guy, though, and continue to be that guy if this is if this is what we're going to get at major championships. Like, how far? I mean, every time he had 15 birdies in this tournament. And couldn't and couldn't sniff anything remotely close to being part of the sleet. So, what is wrong? I, I wrote an article this week mm-hmm. as, about the, the iron play, short iron. The numbers are glaring, but there. But to me, there's something emotional and psychological going on here as well. I don't know if he's continuing to look for something that he doesn't need to find. Um, and by that, I mean, you know, maybe it's just go out and play golf. Maybe he's looking too deep. I think that his. I mean, he he won this year, so we know that there are some some signs of life in the game, and maybe we read a little bit too much into a bad week or a bad performance because he is Rory McIlroy, and we do expect so much. Uh, but I think he's still looking for an answer. I think he's still looking for for some reason, and you know, maybe he'll find it at the Olympics. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in things like the Ryder Cup, where he plays with a lot more emotion. Um, there's still lots of ways to look at it in the rest of this year before we get to Augusta next year where we know it's going to come down on him, mm-hmm. um, where you can kind of get indications as to where he is. But right now, the biggest thing for me is there's no consistency in a trend moving upwards or moving even downwards. I mean, you, when, he, when he got the win, he was starting to play a lot better golf, and then all of a sudden we kind of get one of these performances. And I, I don't know how to kind of uh, figure out what's going on with him. Yeah, it is. It's mind-boggling. Um, it's mind-boggling. Like I love like the DJ approach was very simple. It's like okay, th- once I'm going to fade the golf ball off the tee and find fairways to give to increase my percentage of, of of having better chances. My wedge play needs to get better, right? Remember, he went out, got his track man, and they they dialed in. And they it, like basically exclusively worked on his wedge game for right. like six months. Right. We've never seen that kind of pinpoint focus with Rory to address one aspect of his game. I guess you could theoretically say he had worked very hard on his putting and they they experimented with longer putter shaft, shorter putter shaft. Brad Faxon. Brad Faxon, yes. So with the with the exception of putting, which I think all the guys are always working on putting, right, to be honest course. with you. Yep. With the exception of putting, we have not seen this pinpoint game plan. We've seen I'm going to have more speed. I'm going to be Bryson DeChambeau. I'm going to hit it further. That makes no sense. We've seen, I'm going to reconstruct my whole game. I've always been a two-plane swinger. guy. I kind of take it outside. I drop it in, and uh, it hurts me on my wedge play. So instead of taking it out of my wedge play and hitting some specialty shots with my wedges, I'm taking the whole thing out of my golf swing. And he went completely off the, the, the wall. I couldn't find anything. Like, could he not benefit, Adam, from taking a deep dive into his st- st- stats and just funnel and funneling his attention to one specific lane. You would definitely think so, and it's it's just puzzling to watch him. You know, for years Rory McIlroy had this swagger about him, this freedom that he yeah. was just gonna he was gonna show off and dominate. And we've talked about this many times on this show. When he's on top of his game, he's the best player in the world. Probably not anymore with the way John Rahm's playing right now. But for Rory, a couple things: his start on Thursday, birdies the first hole. Second hole hits it to five feet, and his ball did not touch the hole. Right. That birdie putt. And then, you know, we see him throwing clubs, which was never... I mean, we saw at the rally years ago when he, you know, had had a pretty wicked toss into the water. But for me... Is he just not enjoying golf anymore? You wonder where his priorities are, which is totally fine. 
um, in terms of, you know, he's, he's, he's married, dad. He's, a, he's a new dad, a lot of things going on now. But I'm curious, you know, the, you mentioned the Ryder Cup, the passion. It's different golf. I'm sure we'll see Rory play well because it's match play, so it's a little different golf, obviously. But does it come down to potentially? I, I know Harry, his caddy, is a, he looks to be a great caddy, but does he need someone to sort of kick him in, in the rear a little bit? And, you know, in, like his former caddy, JP, uh, I, can't, I can't think of his last name, but at the 2017 Open, basically Rory was, what, three over through 10, and he basically mouthed off on him and said, you know who you are, get out there, and he finished T4 that you, week. Some tough love, you mean? Does he need someone? I don't know, Harry was pretty good at the Wells Fargo coming down the stretch, and Rory yeah. was open about that to calm him down and, and get him thinking properly, but you're right, maybe he needs a, a kick in the voice? butt. You I don't know, know. A Steve Williams kind of guy? Is there someone out there? I don't know, but... I know this. When you hit it the five feet in a major championship after you birdie the first hole and you're trying to make a run and that putt doesn't touch the hole, that is a mental block. That's a yep. That is not a technical thing. You, if you don't touch the hole from five feet in world class, that, that's, you're afraid of the result and you've completely left the process of putting a major championship. I'm with you guys all. I'm a total loss. I'm at a total loss. I thought, you know. He is too. Yeah. He is yeah. too. He is too. It's sad. I, I hope we figure this out. The longer this goes, though, guys, in majors, the longer this goes, the way harder it is to, to, to come back at this level. Because as the years go by and more crops of young, he used to, you know, he was competing with DJ and Kepka. You throw one or two names. Well, now DJ and Kepka are still there, and DJ will be back, and Kepka hasn't left. And now you can put Rom in the mix. Now you can put Morikawa in the mix. And other names are com- coming. So it gets harder. It gets younger. It gets faster. It mm. gets stronger. Mm. All right. Uh, majors. Yeah. For me, it's a slam dunk. And I, I, I know it might not be for you gentlemen, but for me, the, the PGA Championship was the greatest major of the super season, all six. To me, to see Phil Mickelson uh, create history, I thought Keough Island was, was a rock star. I thought the ocean course of Keough Island stood out as just a modern-day classic, Pete Dye masterpiece. Uh, Phil Mickelson just being zen-like for four days. Uh, to me, that was my hands down my favorite major championship of the year. Uh, not even close. And I guess my least favorite championship of the year, and this is a tough one because, you know, the Masters is usually annually my favorite. I didn't, I didn't get too excited at either Masters. And I guess if I had to point to one, I'd point to the November Masters because it was so weird to see it sloppy and slushy. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just, and it's not their fault. Obviously, that is, that is a seasonal thing. But, I, you know, I like my Augusta with a bounce in it. I like my Azaleas in bloom. I love the tradition of the Masters. We hard to get in, in in November. Those are my two for me, Bob. Uh, I thought the the PGA Championship with Mickelson was certainly a seminal moment. Uh, you know, it was cool to see him. As far as pure excitement, I like the U.S. Open this year better with uh, Rom making those putts on seventeen. Pretty awesome. And that to me, if you look at at, at all these majors. None of them were really like right down to the last hole with two guys battling or a playoff or something like that. They were all, you know, almost, I don't want to say predictable, but, uh, but they had sort of outcomes that we could see coming, let's yes. put it that way. Yeah. So that one was the closest to me. Uh, I, think, um, I think the least, my least favorite one um, might have been Bryson winning the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. It was too much of a parade. It was, it was interesting. Like it was intriguing because it was sort of his first on display of overpowering a golf course, but it wasn't a very exciting finish because right. what was going on. He won by whatever it was, four or five, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that's the way I would stack them up. 
I want to get to you on this too, but also I want you to add to this. If there was just one image in your mind for the major championship season, a lot of people will say it's Hideki Matsuyama's caddy mm. taking the bow at 18. For me, it was Phil Mickelson. If there's one image in my brain being engulfed by the crowd, a la Arnold Palmer. Yeah. Because uh, it was symbolic of a bunch of things, not just Phil Mickelson kind of being this generation's version of Arnold Palmer, the people's champion, but it's also kind of symbolic as coming out of the end of a pandemic yeah. and seeing people like that. And for me, it meant a lot to see that image. What were you, what was your favorite? What was your least favorite? And give me an image. I mean, for sure, the image is Phil Mickelson after hitting that approach shot into 18, the iconic, you know, the, the thumbs up walking around where there's 20, thousands of people yeah. around him. Like you mentioned, sort of the pandemic, it looks like we're closer to the light at the end of the tunnel, which is great. Uh, it, but in terms of entertainment value, in terms of the majors, the U.S. Open last month to have the top five players in the world all right there on Pretty Sunday. Awesome. Rom going birdie, birdie. The storylines, his favorite, you know, where he had that victory, where he proposed to his now wife at Torrey Pines. Mm-hmm. A lot of great storylines there. Both Masters a little anticlimactic. I mean, for about 20 minutes on Sunday when Matsuyama won after, you know, Shoffley had that great chance on 16, then rinsed his approach shot or tee shot like on 16. like this much, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you, though, Bob, uh, the 2020 U.S. Open in September with the DeChambeau-Matt Wolf duel. Was your least. Was my least favorite. Especially you know, when we get to the back nine, right? Like it, the last nine holes yeah. were. It was my least favorite, but it was also incredibly impressive to watch Bryson do what he was doing to hit when he was. Because since then, Bryson has lost, you know, 20 pounds, I would say. Like he, he looked like the Michelin man. Yeah. And wonder if he should, though. Should have now in retrospect. Yeah, and then, you know, you go to the 2020 Masters uh, in November when all the lead-up was about Bryson, 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 and then, you know, he had the weirdest week ever. And uh, But in terms of majors, I, the 2021 U.S. Open is my favorite, and the 2020 U.S. Open is my least favorite. There you go. Do you have an image, uh, Bob, other than the caddy bowing or Phil? Uh, is there something that pops in your mind? Fist pump from Rom, maybe? And those yeah, pots? I think, I think I think Rom's fist pump after, you know, that playing that so smart shot on the 18th away from the flag. So you know, cool. To me, when he sinks that putt is pretty pretty remarkable. Mm-hmm. And maybe him holding his baby. Yeah. yeah. That was probably interesting as well because I think that was a change in his life that helped him win that tournament. It sounds a little bit overbearing. No, no, but he a lot much, of maturing you know off the golf course yeah. in the last 12 yeah. months to, to land where he's landed. I wonder, when we do our year in review... Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in the year, if we, if we do a decision of the year category, that might be the decision of the year to play away from the flag on 18 and trust your putter on the mm-hmm. 72nd hole. Yeah. Torrey Pines, that might be the, like that. the decision of the year. Okay, on the other side, we will do winners, weird and what? Lots <laughs> to get to. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Nice to be in studio, guys. Mm-hmm. I got to say, to see, to sit around the table and have our normal golf conversation. Yeah. Of... Feels weird to be walking into the building. It's the first time I've been in here for a while, so it's just, uh, but it's great. Was it like Norm coming into Cheers? 
Not quite, but <laughs> almost. Bob! <laughs> all right. Well, the gang's all here, and it's because it's a Monday after a major, which means we are Golf Talk Canada Radio to TV, which will continue in the playoffs for mm. the FedEx Cup. And I believe we might – I don't have to check the schedule. Do we do this for the Ryder Cup? I don't recall. We might. We I believe might we do. We do? Yeah, I believe we do. Here we go. It's – I'll have to look. We'll have to look. I think we might. (laughs) It sounds right. (laughs) All right. The winners, weird and what? Three dub, the good, bad, the ugly. So much to get to this week. Adam, the tea is yours. Yeah, well, I I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. (laughs) Come on, baby. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. All right, gents, my winner this week comes from one of the great personalities on the PGA Tour and great caddy player personalities, I guess you could say, and that's Gino Benelli, the caddy for Joel Damon. So he tweets out, open championship round three, hole 11, standing over a five-footer for par, Joel Damon backs off. I walk in and say, you good? He says, no, I'm going to miss this putt. I just can't decide if I should miss it right or left. Okay, you're playing in a major championship. You've made the cut in a major championship, and these are the thoughts going through your mind? Bob, maybe he needs the app to realize where he's going, but what? Maybe take the hat off and uh, have another look or something? That's I've never heard that. That's that is, uh, You know, my favorite Gino Benelli song is Black Cars yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right over my head on that one. There. That's for Bob and I. Yeah. <laughs> my, my weird this week, we just heard Phil um, talking about hitting bombs. Yes, and, hitting bombs. And you know me, you know, Phil's great. We just talked about Phil, the iconic moment, winning the PGA Championship, sort of coming out of left field and his play since then has been pretty bizarre including the open championship that first round he was tied for last place like what they were lighting the course on fire and he shot 80 yeah and it just seemed like he was missing he was not putting well he hasn't putted well all year except for the pga championship yeah where he's been sort of back and forth between the claw and the the regular grip but just a bizarre i guess this is golf at 51 though right this is what you're supposed to do you're supposed to have it some weeks and then most most of the weeks you kind of don't bring it as consistently and Phil acting his age for a change. The one right. difference with Phil, I guess, compared to other 51-year-olds is, you know, on those three or four times a year where he happens to have it for the week, he could probably still win almost anywhere at any time. Mm-hmm. That's the difference, I guess, right? Don't you think he's just kind of put it up on the peg right now and said, okay, I won the PGA. Yeah, he might. <laughs> you know? yeah. He might have. Well, I mean, after he won the PGA, you have to think, you know, maybe Ryder Cup, but now there's no chance he's going to play on the team unless he goes and wins all three FedEx Cup playoff events. I mean, <laughs> that'd be the only way for me. I, I, yeah, I don't know. We'll have yeah. to see. I think he's got to pick his spots more. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to laugh, but 150th edition of the Open Championship next year. And the old course St. Andrews is more, of, in my mind, a more wow. Phil Mickelson <laughs> golf course. You wow. got some, per, uh, assuming okay. the weather is. Half decent. Mm-hmm. You get some big targets. You can hit some bombs the out there on, at some wide fairways. My what this week? This goes to before the tournament actually began, where John Rahm was in his press conference, and you know we've been in John Rahm pressures all the time, mm-hmm. and they ask uh, media asks him all sorts of questions. But something came up in this press conference that no one knew about except for Rahm and his family and friends, I'm sure. Yeah. And I believe we have, we have the audio here of Rahm talking about why his golf swing is shorter than most. I'm tired of hearing that the reason why I have a short swing is that I have tight hips or other things. If you know anything about golf, that's the stupidest thing to say, okay? So for people that don't know, I was born with a club foot on my right leg, uh, which means uh, for anybody that's sensitive about that, this my right leg up to the ankle was straight. My foot was 90 degrees 
turned inside and basically upside down. So when I was born, uh, they basically relocated, pretty much broke every bone in the ankle, uh, and I was casted within 20 minutes of being born from knee down. So I think it was every week I had to go back to the hospital to get recasted. Uh, so from knee down, my leg didn't grow at the same rate. So I have very limited ankle mobility on my right leg. It's a centimeter and a half shorter as well. So what I mean by limitations is I can't take a full swing because my right ankle doesn't have the mobility or stability to take it. Pretty, pretty crazy stuff that, you know, none of us knew about this. This is the first time he's been asked about it. So, I mean, good for John Rom for, you know, telling this story. Right. That's quite, quite something you have to have to go through as a young child. And now he's one of the best players in the world. Mm. Pretty amazing. And the other thing is don't ever tell a Spaniard they have tight hips. Ah. Okay. <laughs> because they like to, they like to twirl the dance. Eh? There you yeah. go. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's also going. So not tell John. You got offended by that. Yeah, very upset. Don't tell John Rom about that. Okay, on that note, Mark, the tea is now yours, my friend. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So Royal St. George's. Yeah, I know it's a you know can't give the example for four days, but yeah, you know, wish Turnberry was in the rota. Love Turnberry, but listen, I am so happy that they are likely going to make official in the next week or so, that Royal Portrush will get the Open Championship back in 2025. As you guys know, two years ago, we went back to Royal Portrush for the first time in like close to 70 years mm-hmm. where uh, the Open had not been to Ireland, uh, Northern or Southern for that matter. Um, and it was strictly the Scottish and English rota. And now to have... A golf course in Northern Ireland that I think is one of the best in the world, part of or, or, or firmly in the rota of the Open Championship, I think is a huge win. I love the golf course. I love it for the people. Bob, you were at that event, and when you came home, you told me what it might be one of the greatest majors you've ever attended. Without a doubt, the people, the course, the players, the hospitality. Adam was there in 02. He was able to enjoy it a little bit more. I, I was working, but I, I thought it was great, and I can't wait to go back. And you loved it, that golf course. You I, I, played I it. it. I've played it a few times. I, I got to play it before the changes back in 2014. But I know we were talking about this like the week after that open. The new holes looked like the old holes in terms of like they fit right into the golf course and it's just an unbelievable venue. Great fans there as well. Great. Everything around it too. It's a small, Portrush is a small little town and I'd be in a great place to have back at the Open. My weird this week is basically what I said off the top of the show. I don't ever recall in my life, even Hoy Lake with Tiger in 06, which yeah. was baked out and he's in irons all week. At least at Hoy Lake, they still had wind. You watch images of, of Tiger winning at Hoy Lake throughout those four days, and his pants are flopping in the wind. The, the course is so rock hard and the dust is flying. They, even though it was sunny and dry, there were still elements to deal with about an Open Championship. There's literally no elements at all to deal with in this Open Championship. I've never looked out my window in July in southern Ontario and went, it's cold, it's wet, it's miserable. I don't want to play golf. Oh, let's put on the British Open to have some <laughs> beautiful images of, of, of a hot, sunny summer day. It was weird to see, especially for all four days. Yep. Okay, guys, my what this week? Settle in. Here we what, go. what is the end game with these two guys? So Bryson throws his uh, equipment manufacturer under the bus, which is bizarre. 
Now, he apologized for it after the fact, but okay, it came 24 hours later, whatever. I, I mean, you got to think better than that. He called his driver garbage, okay, uh, saying it's not forgiving enough. If you know anything at all about manufacturing of golf equipment, if you want a forgiving driver, you add loft to the face. You're not playing a five-degree driver. The more loft, the more forgiving. And if you're swinging it at 200 miles an hour ball speed, there's not a lot of forgiveness. He, he gave us a big speech about dialing back. Remember before this over, I'm going to dial back. And then he complained that it's not forgiving enough off 200 miles an hour ball speed and five degrees of loft. No, dial it back to 180 where the rest of the long players are in the world. Give yourself seven, eight degrees, nine degrees of loft. You've done nothing to help the uh, process here in finding something that is more forgiving. So, and he's supposed to be a science major and doesn't understand that less loft and 200 miles an hour is not going to be free. He throws his manufacturer under the bus. Keep in mind, he swung it as hard, if not harder, and won the U.S. Open back in September mm -hmm. and had no complaints about the driver. Okay, And then, of course, Kepka has to go on social media and tell everybody how much he loves his driver because <laughs> he's got to be Kepka. He's got to be a needling oh, yeah. jerk. Okay, so what's the end game with these two? Where does this finish? Or, or like, what's the finish line here, Bob? Are we going to have like a celebrity boxing match? No, I think uh, I think what's going to happen is Steve Stricker is going to pair them for all four rounds at the Ryder Cup, and it'll be at the end of it, uh, they'll be dancing, holding hands, dancing around the green, singing Kumbaya. <laughs> That's the best idea I've heard. That's the only thing that could fix this is Stricker could go, you know what, Stricker should do this. For the last year, I have had to deflect and put up with both of your nonsense. Good luck. All four sessions. All four, Thursday, figure Friday, it figure it out. Every session, your partners, good luck to you. Oh, my goodness. All right, Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! All right, my winner this week is uh, is Lee Westwood. Good guy. I like Lee Westwood. Um, you know, has a great sense of humor. He's played well this year. Really has... has it's kind of resurrected his game the last little while. And he set the record for the most starts in major championships without a victory at 88. He actually holds the record now. And I think that's, you got to give him credit for that. He's keep, I mean, listen, who wouldn't like to have played in 88 major championships? Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought it was quite funny that uh, on Sunday when he hit a shot that he thought was going to be a terrible wedge shot. It was on the eighth hole, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. And he was so mad when the club left the ball that he took his, uh, his wedge and he was over his knee. He was about to break it. All of a sudden, the ball kind of releases, runs down, and stops six <laughs> inches from the hole. And, and, and he was going to break his club over that. But I just thought that was, uh, I mean, I give him a winner because he, he laughed about it afterwards and poked fun of it. Links golf so, at its finest right there. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Play golf club. So the other one is that my weird this week is Jordan Spieth. Now, after Saturday, when he missed that putt on 18, he went to, he didn't, Straight do, to a the press, didn't yeah. do a presser. He went right to the putting green, tried to figure out what was going on with his putter, and took his putter home with him. <laughs> when he came back on Sunday, he brought his putter, but he forgot his credential. And the guy at the front was almost, almost not going to let him in. Right. So he said, you know, you can't, can't show, come in here with just your putter. But he did figure <laughs> out that he recognized this guy was probably Jordan Spieth and was probably okay. 
to come in. So what do you do with the putter, Bob? Is what I yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, just like this. Yeah, this. Yeah. You put it in a dark closet in the corner and say, Wait, "I'm not letting you out until you behave." I don't know what would happen. That would be interesting, right? If he, what, he was he on the carpet with the because uh, the carpet probably about the same speed. Same yeah, speed. What is he doing? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was kind of weird that he did. He forgot his credential. They almost didn't let him in. But that was <laughs> that, that was funny. an interesting one. And then my uh, my what this week goes away from the open. It goes to the other PGA Tour event, the yes. Barbasol. What is going on with playoffs on the PGA Tour? Yeah. Travelers Championship. We had eight holes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocket Mortgage. We had five holes, yep. I think. Yep. And then we have six hole playoff between Seamus Power yeah. and JT Poston. Seamus Power eventually makes it. He uh, wins with a par on the uh, on the last hole, the, the the sixth playoff hole. But I can't remember playoffs going this long. Before. You know what's amazing? Mm-hmm. When when you and I when we were just having the conversation about the lack of tension coming down the stretch at ma- majors, getting to the 18th hole, I almost said to you, it's the complete opposite than our regular PGA Tour season. Because to Bob's point, all we've had is the, is this super tight. Every week playoff, every week flip a coin. It has to go down to the wire. Got it again. And Seamus Power, hey, uh, Seamus Power, uh, David Hearn, partner David at uh, partner Zurich in, Classic in New Orleans. That's right. And David actually played well for three rounds. Had a great, you know, not not terrible finish. Yeah. Taylor Pender tied 11. Michael Gligic, uh, fifth, 19th. And David finished tied for 20th. And there you go. All right. We're uh, running a little long. Mm-hmm. We will uh, take our final break, come up on the other side, and uh, put a bow on today's Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. As we put a bow on today's show, we are back Wednesday for a 60-minute wrap-up, as well as I'm sure we didn't get to Evian uh, LPGA major this week. Mm-hmm. Looking for uh, looking for Team Canada to find some momentum at a major to then take to the Olympics. Fair, Bob. Fair, very fair. Yeah, they've got. I mean, man, the travel schedule these women have. They were just playing in uh, Wisconsin, I think, and now they're flying to France. Then they're coming home, and then they're flying to Tokyo, and then they're coming home, and then they're going back for the British. Unbelievable. It's a, uh, I tell you, those LPGA players, they wear out their passports. It's mm-hmm. something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, good luck to them all this week. We'll be watching and seeing, uh, seeing what Team Canada can do at the Evian uh, Masters. Adam, 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues. There are still moments to... Before the draw for this week's prize? Yeah, still five or six hours, so tons of time. We'll be put, putting in a, another reminder on social media as well. Okay. We're giving away the limited edition Team TaylorMade staff bag that Colin Morikawa had this week at the yes. Open Championship. All you have to do, follow Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram, tag your golfing buddies, and you'll be in the draw to win. The, the bag's worth like $800. So Good-looking bag. Yeah, good and we've got bag. a match coming up. Yeah. Uh, Bob and I. Going to give uh, Team Recoil, you and Nick, a, a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, try to chance to feel better about yourselves. Yeah, I know. A lot of push-ups before. A lot of, 
Uh, and then I also know oh. that there might be a TSN TaylorMade Golf Day coming. Yeah, you saw, that. you yeah, see that. Rumors. We get rumors. some other friends, and there might be some uh, sneak peek. Uh, sneak peek. That's a tough one to say. Of some new product coming as well. Ooh. That uh, they Can might they make get something hands. that's even better than what they have. I don't know. As long as it's left-handed, we're willing to try <laughs> it. Bob. As as that, yeah. So I, we have to keep our eye open yep. uh, for that too. So that'll Absolutely. be fun. So and and I think the match we're going to play at uh, Bob's home course this year. Mm-hmm. Yes, which we are. is great because I haven't been to Weston in many years, and the people gonna, at Weston are great, and the golf course is exceptional. We're also going to mic us all up, and we'll be in golf carts. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Barkley on the call, and yeah. Again, Golf Talk Canada Television uh, this Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. TSN 4, 1 p.m. 1 p.m. 1 p.m. TSN 4, uh, and we will put a bow on the on the year's uh, final major. Uh, okay, year's final major. F- uh, final thought, Bob, uh, on this year's Open Championship. What's what was the headline for you coming out of this? What's the what's the headline? Well, for a local headline, it's Canadian boys do well. If it's for an inter- for the world headline, it's like. Look out, here comes Colin Morikawa. Here comes Colin Morikawa. Is it easy to, to think, uh, again, not to blow up, the, the, the last thing we saw was the greatest thing we ever seen. I find him to be more a plotter. I think this is going to be a steady, eddy, consistent career. I don't think, maybe because of its, his personality, or maybe because he does it, with, does it with the irons. He doesn't do it with the explosiveness that we see from a DJ, a Bryson, a Rory on occasion. Mm-hmm. He does it with more of a plotting, chip away, brilliant iron play plotter. I see a more consistent, long career for Morikawa. I don't see the explosive. I'm super, super hot. Is that? Do you think that's fair, Adam? Because that, that's where I'm always taking away. Is this a guy that is going to contend a lot, going to be around a lot, pick his spots? But there's no reason to believe that he can't. You and I always talk about uh, strokes gain approach and greens and regulation at Augusta. Does that not... Yeah. He was on our radar this year at Augusta. Again, the putter let him down, but this is going to be the, the long, steady uh, approach, no? Well, if you hit 15 greens around, you're going to have chances to make birdies. <laughs> so right. for him, it's going to come down to that putter, and if it cooperates, he's going to be in the mix heading forward here in the major championships only 263 days away. <laughs> so who needs to find – can, can any, but can Rory McIlroy save his season if he wins the FedEx Cup? Uh, if he wins the Ryder Cup, I think it would be huge. Mm-hmm. I think that would be huge for him, even alone, even if, even if he's part of a team. But if he leads the, you think he could spring boy, springboard him? Sure. Is, it his, te- is it his too. team anymore? I don't or is it John Rahm's Ryder Cup team? Uh, I think it's still Rory's. I think it's still Rory's. Yeah, I, I'd agree. It's still Rory's in terms of leadership. Rahm's played in one before when he beat Tiger back in 2018 in the in the singles, where he was a part of that team. So, but it would be a huge story if the Europeans can win on American soil too, especially because they'll set up the golf course at Whistling Straits. You would think long and and wide fairways because that's the way they've set it up in the past. But we're, we're at eight weeks away from that or so. So Well, once we get past the Olympics, we will flip the page yeah. and we will jump into Cup Talk, which will mm-hmm. be FedEx Cup talk, talk and Ryder Cup Talk. And there's going to be a lot of decisions that need to be made. And, of yeah. course, after the BMW Championship, the majority of the teams will all be selected and they will hold back one pick after post-Tour Championship to, to see if, some, if there, there needs to be a hole that needs to be filled. And we will debate and we will talk about and see how deep you can go. Or is it going to be one of those years, just give me the next four? or the next six or you know that's typically how they have done it in the past thank you so much for listening uh as this open championship wrap
wrap-up show. Uh, we're back TV, 1 o'clock, TSN 4 on Wednesday. Bob, Adam, and myself will give you our TSN Edge picks as well for the 3M Open, mm-hmm. which you can watch weekend coverage of uh, coming up on TSN right. this week. Uh, Minnesota, the last week of the PGA Tour before they shut her down for the Olympic break. And then, of course, pick it up on the other side with the Wyndham Wildcard Weekend and the FedEx Cup playoffs. We will talk to you Wednesday. We're back radio only next Monday. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.